This is a crowd podcast. Welcome to Go Love Yourself. Oh, you can laugh off the fact that, you know, you spent a month's worth of savings or a month's salary on going to see Taylor Swift in Berlin because girl math, ha ha ha. Boy math's not a thing, is it? (laughs) This is it. Boy math is not a thing. Lauren, I upset you last week. What did I do? Called you by your first name. (gasps) She did! Oh my God, what was it? Was it in in the podcast chat? In our podcast, what's that great? I was like, uh, Lauren, I'll do this so you can just no, rest no, and get you better. Didn't even, you said, I'll do this, Lauren. <laughs> what the, what the fuck? And then I was, nah. Did she message me? She was like, oh my God, do you hate me? What have I done? I was like, Immediately. She I'll do this, thought, Lauren. I think you even put a comma, Lauren, full stop. I was like, oh my fucking God, <laughs> our friendship's broken. The podcast is over. What have I done? <laughs> do you ever do that with like your, like, sorry, Lauren, not you, but I'm talking to people listening, but like with your partners, <laughs> or did you do that? Where it's like, if I call Matt, Matt, he goes, well, what the fuck did you just call me? Well, just anyone in my life. If anyone calls me Lauren, I'm like, what have I done to upset you? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Right. We'll see with smithy um how are you feeling are you feeling better (laughs) well i am now after the devastation of thinking (laughs) our friendship was over (laughs) no i'm much better not 100 feeling much better how are you doing because book stuff is appertaining and doing things yeah book stuff's gone really well i've really enjoyed the promo got an exciting week this week at the time of recording we haven't done the book signing yet so i'm buzzing for that i had a radio 2 interview and i was sick on my shoes outside uh, this is a, this is a podcast exclusive, everybody. Yeah. I had food poisoning. I woke up at four in the morning. I had go see you the night before in the train station. Uh, I woke up at four in the morning. I was not well. I was not well, Lauren. And I was right. like, I'm fine. I'm going to do it. I can't not do it because it's such a good opportunity. I was in the like the taxi on the way to the BBC studios. I was like. Whoa. yeah so then yeah i just threw up all over myself and then uh, went on did the interview as if nothing happened like a pro (laughs) i I, (laughs) the the voice note i got from you afterwards was unhinged just kept getting worse like all the things but i did the interview so it's okay i'm massively (laughs) proud of you well done but you thank you there's never not a drums is there i love it i know i know um anyway we digress congrats thank you very much i appreciate it um we've actually got a a fantastic episode for you today and it could not come at a better time because this is the longest (laughs) wait for payday ever is it not we're gonna be talking all about money today lauren how you feeling well you know new year no money so feeling good uh we (laughs) you don't even understand how excited i am for this chat and just basically to help me with my finances, but also because we've mentioned it a couple of times on the podcast in the last few episodes about money and stuff and the amount of people who have DM'd like the podcast and me about it and just wanted to talk about it. And just talking about money is odd. Mm. So we have got our platform here. We've got a fabulous podcast and our wonderful community. We're going to do it. And we're going to encourage other people to talk about money with your friends and family as well. I think we all know probably my situation with money in that I am a huge overspender, emotional spender, I don't, I have debt and I don't have savings. Welcome to my life. Please help me, our guest, who's about to come on in a second. But Laura, shockingly, the polar opposite of me. How are you with money, babes? Uh, So I'm a big saver. Um, I wouldn't say I'm tight. 
I definitely used to be tight. Uh, and honestly, when I, I when I had my flat and I was on my own the first year, I didn't even have bedside tables. I had one armchair. I had no furniture. I had nothing. And I had no, nothing in savings. I was in debt and I was worried. Like I wasn't on a, an amazing salary. I was on an okay salary. But um, I think I I definitely have had times where I've I've really struggled, grew up and not having a lot of money. And I've just always been told and taught if you want something, you save up and you pay for it. So like now I think I'm quite generous. Like I can be generous, mm. I think, like with people and friends and stuff. But yeah, I, I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't like going out and like wasting money. I hate wasting money. I hate it. Hate it. So I'm definitely much more of a saver. So funny because in contrast was brought up with the same values. You know, you save up for it and you can buy it. Uh, we haven't got a lot of money. Money doesn't grow on trees. And yet I'm the complete opposite. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? It's weird. Make it make sense. So purely for the fact that neither Laura and I are experts in this. We had to bring in a guest uh, for this episode. I'm so excited. I followed her on Instagram for a little while now. Her name is Ellie and she's behind the This Girl Talks Money account on Instagram and she's brilliant and I can't wait for this chat. (laughs) (laughs) Did you know that you can now get an extra episode of Go Love Yourself every week as well as ad-free and early releases you totally can so you can get more of this honestly i was heartbroken after our wedding fun fact everyone i was actually only invited to the evening i'm I'm expected to give you away next time do you know what i'm saying (laughs) (laughs) more of us can i just say once more laura adlington it wasn't me being fingered or doing the fingering yeah no i believe you and even more of this you thought I was going to let you get away with that. Did, and on a normal episode, Smithy, I would. I However, this is a subscriber Shit. episode. And I'm not letting you get away with nothing. And it's all for just £1 a week. Check the episode description now to subscribe. Oh, this is really fun. This is more fun than normal episodes. <laughs> <laughs> this has got to be worth a quid, right? <laughs> so a massive hi to Ellie. Thank you so much. How are you? Hello, thank you so much for having me. I am good. I'm really excited to be here and I'm so excited that you are having this conversation and that we're talking about money. You have got no idea (laughs) how excited I am for this and how much I need you in my life. And uh, I think we we mentioned it in passing, didn't we, a little bit, a little while ago, Laura, and the amount of messages I got from people being like, please talk about money. So I know that I am not alone in worrying about money at the minute. Uh, We're going to get into it. We're going to get into like kind of spending habits and saving and debt and all of it. Um, But can you just take a couple of minutes just to introduce yourself, Ellie, what you do and what your kind of philosophy about money is. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm Ellie Austin Williams. I'm the founder of This Girl Talks Money, which is a financial well-being platform space, which I started really because I felt like there just weren't the conversations being had about money that I felt I could participate in. I started earning money as you do, and I wanted to find information and to be able to have conversations about like how to make good decisions, but also how to still have fun. I didn't want it to be all or nothing. And it felt really, really like black and white, bro, Mm. man in suit, like, you know, (laughs) invest, 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 don't spend any money or do what you want, like have a nice time, YOLO. And I was like, there's got to be something in the middle. Um, 
so that's kind of where it came from. And then I started talking about it. And as you said, I started having these conversations. I started writing about it a bit and found out that people were like, yes, we, we need to have these conversations. So yeah, it kind of grew from that. I love it. And I love the term. And it's only something I've learned recently and doing a bit more research. My end is like financial wellness. And, yes. and I love your approach that it's kind of it's just a bit more chilled. It's not all yeah. or nothing. You can still have fun because so many of these accounts that you go onto and a lot of kind of the older male people that are doing this are very much like the reason that you are poor is because you buy lunches every day. And the reason that you don't have <laughs> hundreds of millions of pounds of worth of investments is because of that two pound coffee that you buy every day. And you're like, mm, literally, well, the math ain't mathing, sir. It's all yeah. right. Like you said, Ellie, it's quite black and white, isn't it? That's why I love your approach. And that's why we've specifically invited you on to the show, because you can still have fun. Mentality yeah. is, is really important. And we're we, we being really honest that, you know, some people listening to this episode, myself included, at, at points, have not had the money in which to even have fun because it's like every bit of money is taken up with bills. Yeah. But perhaps we'll get to that point. And then also remembering that mentality of you earn that money, you work hard to earn that money. Also having fun with it as well is important. Yeah, absolutely. And like you're hitting it on the head there because I think what so often happens is, especially if you have been in a situation like that where you have really struggled to make ends meet before and you get to a slightly more comfortable position, what I see so often is people then feel as though they really need to hold on tightly to that money that they've got and they can't spend it. Mm. And so everything becomes about saving and scrimping and keeping as much money as possible. And of course, there's a balance. And like you say, that's what we'll talk about in a bit but it's so important like you are not put on this planet just to earn money and to save money and to accumulate money we're here you know for a short time we've got to have a good time but we've got to find that balance between making decisions that look after our future and our families and you know what we want to do long term and enjoying the present and it's not always easy at all and I don't want to pretend that it's easy money's so complicated mm. so how do we find that balance then what would be your advice for for us and for, for our listeners yeah so I'm really big on like you said this well-being aspect of finance which I think is the bit that doesn't get talked about as much we so often hear things just boiled down to like the numbers and what comes in what goes out but money's really emotional and actually money at its core, I view as a tool. It's a tool to facilitate your life. And of course, there are lots of things that you have to pay for within your life that you would choose not to pay for. You know, I don't want to pay council tax. I have to pay council tax. Like there's a reality about <laughs> <Hate> it. it. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm like, you don't even collect my bins on time. But. <laughs> mine is my service charge. My Because I live in a, a oh, flat. My service charge. Yeah. Luckily, mine's only like 100 quid a month. My friend's is like 250 quid a month. And it's like, what is this? Please help me. <laughs> yeah. Like that's the thing. There are always going to be those things that you don't mm. want to spend money on that you have to spend money on. But, you know, for the majority of us, there is an element of our income that we have where there is a little bit of flexibility. And, you know, I might be talking 10, 20 pounds. I might be talking thousands of pounds. Like it really doesn't, you know, matter. The principles are the same. What we need to all figure out is what actually matters to us and what what are our core values? Like, what do we want our life to look like? What do we value? And try to figure that out separate to what we think we should value, what we think should be important and what 
hugely society tells us is important. And that's really not as simple as it sounds because we are constantly being told, you know, what success looks like, what doing well looks like. And a lot of the time it's tied to things that we need to accumulate and things that we need to buy and how our life needs to look on our, you know, pretty little Instagram squares and our TikTok videos and all of that. And the challenge is trying to disentangle yourself from that and actually get clear on, for you, if you strip all of that away, what what does that look like? What does that vision look like? What matters to you? Because when you actually get clear on that, a lot of the other stuff starts to come into focus and into perspective. And when you know what matters to you, you can make financial decisions that align with that. And that's really like the starting point for building on your financial well-being and building a life that actually helps you to be financially well. Mate, the revelations and the light bulb moments right now. Yeah, 100%. That's something I've been thinking about a lot recently because my issue is that like I just, you know, spend really mindlessly and then don't think about the, you know, the 20 pound prep lunches and, you know, this, 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 whatever, all the time spending, 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 uh, totally bought into consumerism. And at the minute, you know, we're seeing Christmas has just finished and we're seeing Valentine's stuff pop up. So now it's like Valentine's decor, Valentine's fashion, Valentine's food, all this kind of stuff. I'm like, I need everything. And I'm trying to like stop myself and be like, hold on a minute, Lauren. I haven't had a holiday that hasn't been on a credit card maybe ever. And I want to travel and I can't because my spending habits are so bad. So I'm trying to reframe that. Is that the kind of thing you're thinking of? Like, the, you know, find the thing that that really matters to you and just alter your habits. Yeah, it is really. And, you know, it's not easy again. Like, I'm very aware that, you know, alter your habits isn't easy, but you've kind of already done half the job there because you've identified what it is that actually matters to you. And then the thing that you need to kind of go through next is asking yourself when you're buying these things kind of here there and everywhere you've got to start to build in the process of kind of being accountable to yourself and asking yourself why am I buying this like do I actually need this do I want this or am I just buying it because in the moment it feels like a great idea and because I'm chasing that excitement and that like you know the hit of that new package arriving Mm -hmm. and if that's the case then we start to unpack that and look at, you know, why A, are we getting that excitement from that new product? Probably, like you say, because we're being told that if I buy X, I will be a better person, I'll be more successful or I'll be happier. And actually, is that true? Mm. Like trying to dig into that. And then secondly, thinking about how can I make it harder for myself to just make all these purchases? And this is the bit that I find really like challenges people because we live in a society where it has been made so easy to spend money. If you even think back to, I mean, I don't know how old you are both, but I'm 31. And so when I was growing up, when I was a kid and even a teenager, cash was a thing, like so much more than it is now. And Apple Pay didn't exist. (laughs) And one click purchases on Amazon didn't exist. I mean, computers, you had to dial up internet, like, which is a whole other thing. But um, (laughs) like, let's not go down that. But the point really is now it is unbelievably easy to spend money. And Mm -hmm. what we have to do if we want to get better control over our spending is make it more difficult for ourselves, which feels like we're going against the grain because we are. So counterintuitive, honestly. 
Exactly. I'm just exactly. like, no, but I love the double click. <laughs> exactly. But what you actually need to do and what I always encourage people to do is to look at all of those ways that you are constantly being bombarded with sales messages and start to undo them. So, you know, notifications from your shopping apps, turn them off. Do you need them? Those notifications are not actually necessary. You, if you want to buy something, can go onto the app. The app's still there, but you don't need to be reminded that every other day they're doing an offer. But at the moment you are. It's the same with emails. Email marketing, it's just incessant. Like you're constantly bombarded. Even going as far as, you know, deleting your saved card details off your phone or off your browser because... We think, oh, it's so convenient. It's just there. We just have to type in our little CVC number, which obviously everyone knows off by heart. So you don't have to think (laughs) about it. Like like it's so easy. But if you delete those details, then you have to get up from where you're comfy on your phone and go and find your plastic card and then type in the numbers. And actually the time it takes you to do that Often you realise, I actually can't be bothered to get up. I don't want it enough to get up off my seat. And even if you do, you have that time, that like minute or two where you have to get your card and type in the number where you're breaking that chain of events that you're in and that flow that you're in by Mm. having to get up and stop and be like, oh, actually, do I really want this? Or am I just in like the excitement? And half the time you realise you don't want it. Ellie, I can't even deal with this. Like... (laughs) recording for like five minutes and that is such a good point i actually did something last night after seeing a tiktok that it's so common sense but you just don't think of it because we are so like quick 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 all the time at convenience i deleted all of the food delivery apps from my phone yeah how did i not think of this how is that not like the it's so easy because i get uber eats notifications twice a day and i see the ones that i get all the time and as soon as i see it, i'm like oh maybe i do fancy that yeah but they're clever they're clever. Oh, like Honestly, Steve Jobs got a lot to answer for. <laughs> honestly. And like, do you know what I do with Uber Eats? So I constantly get their emails and like their marketing team, like God bless them. Like they must be like overworked <laughs> because they are, it, there's so many. But yeah. I have a filter. So on my inbox, they all go into a separate folder. So I don't actually see them. I have to go into the folder. Oh, so if I okay. want an offer... I can go into the folder because they're all there, but they don't just come to the top of my inbox. So I don't constantly get that like temptation to like that's to buy. A good idea. And it's quite easy to set up. So that's just another thing that you can do. So like if you don't want to miss out on like those offers, because you know you might want them, mm. but you need a bit of distance from that bombardment. That is such a good spending hack. It's so simple, but you're so right. We've been, you know, like when we were kids, if you wanted something, you had to go to a shop. Yeah. And like, even like when we first started working, you had to go to a shop. And now it's like, I can go onto Amazon. I don't even have to, I barely have to click anything. I sort of sneeze and it arrives. You know it doesn't I mean? feel like real money sometimes, does it, when you're spending it online or especially when you're tapping? Whereas if you actually had that physical cash in a shop, and I even do it now, I go into a shop, a physical shop, and I see something like a scarf or a hat, because obviously I'm plus size and can't buy anything else in shops. <laughs> and I see something and I'm like, Oh, oh, it's not in the sale. I can't get a discount. It's the thrill of getting it online yeah. and it being posted. There is, there's just nothing like it. Like it is, it is a really nice feeling. It's a dopamine yeah. hit for sure. I'm the first person to say like, I have not got this sorted at all. Like I go through phases like where I like, I'm tired. I'm like grouchy and I'm like, oh yeah, I need that. Like 
on the whole, I'm much better at going through the kind of rationalizing it with myself. But, you know, this is not something that one day you're just going to be able to stop doing, mm. like emotional spending. Like it's so drilled into us and it's so constantly encouraged by everything around us. And like, you know, so it's not about becoming perfect at all either. It's really about just trying to make those small changes to those habits that like help you to help yourself really. Mm. Yeah, I love that. I love the the, the 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 no pressure to be perfect. And I think I'm such an emotional spender. I think Laura potentially or not, but I know, you know, a lot of our listeners will be one or the other. And it's so difficult to bring yourself out of it. And I've had to literally put myself on Ellie, a spending ban. Like I'm still buying food and obviously like all the things that I need to, but you know, there's this outfit I want. I don't need another bloody dress. There's also this lampshade I want. I don't need a lampshade and it's 50 <laughs> quid. I don't need a bloody lampshade. So I'm just not. And already I'm feeling my habits start to change because I don't feel like, oh my God, I need to spend my money. I'm like, yeah, I need to very much not spend my money, please. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think the, the spending ban is a really interesting concept psychologically. I'm a bit on the fence about it because I'm a big believer that psychology, how we work, um, there's a lot of evidence that shows that restriction often pushes us the other way. We know this. <laughs> well, yeah, just think you're so right with diet and stuff, 100%. Exactly. So this, the similarities oh, no. <laughs> between spending and diet psychology are very much there. So oh, if you restrict... God too much all you think about is what you're restricting yourself you're from so and then right. eventually oh, no. you just give in and you go wild oh no <laughs> <laughs> oh no that is so I true because I am thinking about it every single second like I've had a couple of yeah. refunds come through and I've gone straight to my bank account and I've put them in the credit card thing and I'm thinking about it all the time oh, the no. question I would ask you is like how sustainable really is a, a spending ban and actually in the same way as diet, like, what is a sustainable version? What does that look like? Because, you know, mm. it's not, we don't want that all or nothing again, but how can you reduce the amount of spending? How can you, you know, try to control it a little bit better, make more informed decisions that are thought through, but still allow yourself to buy things when you are confident that there are good purchase and that there's something that you have sat on and that you're you know you've weighed up the pros and the cons in that situation I think yeah you know if you've got the money then go for it but mm. it's about creating a process and going through that journey to make sure that when you make that decision you're comfortable with it and you don't get that regret afterwards and that you're not going through that that you know going wild because you've not been allowing yourself to spend any money at all but it's a, it's been more gradual and more gentle spending ellie can you talk to us a little bit about budgeting because i sort of feel yes. like I, I again i sort of see tiktoks when they're sort of saying oh you should put you know 50 percent should go into you know your your bills and whatever and then like you should be saving 20 percent I, I get so overwhelmed with that. And then like savings as well. Like, I, I don't know what to do with, with, with that. Like, I think a lot of people find it really overwhelming. So I'd love to get your thoughts on, on, on what a good relationship with budgeting looks like. Yeah, absolutely. So this is a great question. I'm glad you brought up all those TikToks because the reason people do them is they do really well. People are fascinated. Like, 
by how people are spending their money. But the thing that winds me up about them is that so often it is simplified into, like you say, that 50, 20, 30. And that is like a very well-known budgeting method. But whoever came up with it... Was rich. I don't know where they were. They were rich and they weren't living in the cost of living crisis. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? They definitely weren't living alone. Crikey. 20% on savings. Are you okay, Dave Ramsey? Jesus. (laughs) Honestly, like literally Dave Ramsey. We could do an hour on him. But, we could do. Um, I want to say, go love yourself. I'm following. I'm following. Yeah. Now. Follow Ellie. I'm following Dave Ramsey. <laughs> Literally, like, but it is that like 20%, you should easily be able to put it away. Like, no, like, don't forget that. What I will say is that the principle of that method, aka the percentages, is helpful. But what I always say to start off with is get your overall figure to how much income have you got? every month or like an approximate figure if you're self-employed if it varies like what is your basic number that you're starting with and first of all work out what percentage your bills and expenses take up that's your number one starting point because that's the bit that you have got to pay yeah once you've done that you know what you've got left to work with. And that's when you start thinking about how much do I want to allocate to that savings future pot? How much do I want to allocate to my spending, like my everyday discretionary spending? And it might be actually that, you know, you've got 70% of your income, which I hope isn't the case, but I know for a lot of people is the case, is being taken up by your expenses. So you've got 30% of your income that you get to decide what, to allocate that to. And if you're in that situation, I don't think you should be thinking, oh, I need to put, you know, that entire amount that I've got left into savings because then you've got nothing left to live with. Like, actually, maybe the kinder thing to do to yourself there is to say, I'm going to save 10% and 20% I'm going to use for discretionary spending. So for things that I actually like get value from, like my gym membership or my Netflix membership, you know, my Spotify, whatever it is, because, you know, as much as people, as you said at the start, Lauren, like there are plenty of people who will say, get rid of those subscriptions or you, and you can buy a house. Like you can't. That's not, <laughs> that, no. that's not going to happen. And like, I get a lot of value out of my Spotify subscription. Oh my God. I put that in my like non-negotiable spending Spotify. Well, exactly. Like, I couldn't live without music, 100%. Exactly. So like, you're not going to tell yourself you can't have that just because somebody on the internet is saying you need to increase that percentage of savings. Like... Mm there is this idealistic world of finance and then there's also like reality and I'm very much like let's ground ourselves in reality and I also believe that you know it doesn't actually matter at the start how much you're saving like of course if you've got big goals and you've got big numbers that you're working towards and you've set yourself a target you know I want to save 10 grand in five years like you're gonna have to crunch the numbers to make that happen but actually the most important thing with saving and with budgeting is the habit again and If you're just saving a small amount, but you're doing it consistently, that is far better for your long-term well-being when it comes to money, for your likelihood that in the future, when your income hopefully increases, you're going to be able to increase that saving because you've built that habit rather than like that all or nothing that like I'm going to save everything that I can for three months, but I'm not going to leave the house because I can't afford to do anything. I can't afford to see my friends and like end up really miserable and lonely. It's about just finding that number for you that is sustainable. But the other thing I would say with budgeting, and as you can say, I tell I've got a lot I can say, I can talk for hours. (laughs) Um, The other thing on budgeting is that 
I think a lot of people, myself included, when you first think about budgeting, think of it as being a bit of a restriction and being a bit boring, something that is telling you to stop having fun. And actually, for me, it started to shift when I started to view it as basically a plan for your money. All it is, it's like a sat-nav for your money. If you're going on a journey, you want to get to your destination, the best thing to do is to have a sat-nav or a map to tell you how to get there. Your budget is that. It is a, a map to help you to get to where you want to go financially. And that place might be really specific. It might actually just be that I want to be in a place where I feel less stressed, less anxious about money. But your budget is helping you to stay on track to get there. That's all it is. Your budget should work with you. It's not a fixed in stone thing. It's something that should be flexible. And that if one month things aren't working, things aren't adding up, you can go back to it and you can adjust it and make it work for you. It's meant to help you not constrain you and stress you out. I love it. I think that's so helpful. And I think it's such a a really nice point about if you're looking at your money and you're feeling a lot of negative, you're feeling anxious about it, worried about it, remembering that it it's meant to be for good and use your money for good and enjoyment when you're able to. If it's all right, I kind of want to journey back a little bit and talk about just the emotional pull that money has on us, especially if you don't have a lot, if you have very yeah. little disposable income and if you are heavily in debt. Like for me at this point, saving isn't even an option because I've got credit cards that I need to pay off. I know the three of us and everyone listening to this podcast will have cried about money at some point. It's so emotional. Um, so a little bit about that and also how to start if you are starting from a point of I have got thousands in debt and I don't know what to do. So first of all, I'm so glad that you're, you know, you said that because I think for a lot of people listening, they'll be like, I feel like I'm the only person that is like dealing with with debt and I've got credit mm. cards. And one of the biggest challenges is that feeling that you can't open up about it. That's the thing we don't talk about it. It's almost like considered like dirty, isn't it? Or like, I feel like we're now, we're more comfortable talking about sex toys and our intimate love lives than we are about yeah. our money and financial situations. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if that's just a British thing, like a sip up a lip thing, but it is a dirty subject. And I, I think, and that's why we wanted to have you on really early as well, because I, I really admire Lauren for being so honest and vulnerable, like you said, because so many people right now are struggling. And even, and even before the cost of living crisis, they were struggling. Yeah. And now it's just, they feel crippled by it. And it's just, I think what yeah. we want, what we want for our listeners and why we're doing this is for, for everyone to get to a point where they are feel more in control and more comfortable talking about finances mm. and, and better able to cope. And I think one of the big things like, like Lauren alluded to um, was, was around debt. And actually when we put yeah. out feelers for this episode, that was the, the biggest thing that people were asking about because it can feel like such a vicious cycle, can't it? I would love to know what your advice would be for people that are struggling at the moment with, with debt, whether that's kind of small or big. Yeah, well, the first thing, and you kind of touched on it there, but is to give yourself some grace. Be compassionate with yourself because debt is stressful. We are not taught how to manage credit mm. at all. It is so easily available when we suddenly become adults and no one gives you the guidebook mm. when actually it's incredibly complicated to get out of when you're in it because to manage debt well you really, really need to have a real handle on how it works. And no one is taught that, which really frustrates me, but that's a whole other topic for another day. <laughs> if <laughs> Less Pythagoras, guys, more debt control, Honestly, <laughs> like, it's, it's crazy. But starting off with, like, okay, you have 
some credit card debt and you don't know where to start. The very first thing to do is face up to it. So as you mentioned there, Lauren, looking at the numbers and actually if you can find someone to do it with, I would 100% recommend it. It might be a friend, a family member, a partner. If you don't have anyone, there are debt charities that can help. So National Debt Line, Step Change, they are experts in this. They They have free phone lines you can call and speak through this with someone if you don't feel like there's anyone in your life that you can speak to about it. But I'd really encourage you to sit down, look at the numbers and look at what you've got to deal with. So for some people, it might be one credit card. For some, it might be several different cards. It might be loans. It might be a combination of things. But figure out how much you owe and also what the interest is, because that is the bit, again, that no one really explains, but that so often is the bit that trips people up that are trying to get out of a sicky situation with debt. It's the interest payment. So know what your interest payments are. Effectively, the higher interest payments are going to be the ones that are costing you the most. And of course, there are going to be different amounts of money that you owe on different cards or different loans, but you need to come up with a plan. And there are two different ways that you can approach paying off debt. One is to focus on the highest interest debt first and try to reduce that. The other is to focus on the amounts first and to try and reduce the amounts. From a purely mathematical perspective, normally the higher interest debt, paying that off first will be the best But there's also a psychological element to debt, which is that actually, if you've got, say, five different cards with different balances on, reducing that down to four sometimes can be the best thing to keep the momentum up. So if you've got one card with a lower balance that you could actually work towards paying off quicker, sometimes for some people, that's the best approach because then you actually just have four to deal with. There are also options that you can think about So looking at whether you can reduce the amount of interest that you're paying. This is a really important thing to do. And one thing that a lot of people don't realise that you can do and should always do is speak to your bank. Speak to your lender because there's not a guarantee that they will do anything, but they can and they might just. So yeah, you can just ask. Sometimes they will have better deals that you can get moved on to. Sometimes they won't, but unless you ask, you're never going to know. And banks actually have an obligation to speak to and to treat their customers that have debt balances in a certain way. They have to help you. They have to try and help you. A lot of people, I think, though, see banks as this big, scary, horrible entity, but they actually like are not meant to be that. They are there to try to help you as much as you're a customer. So speak to them. Start off, please, 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 if people are listening to this, just give them a call because the amount of people that I've spoken to where they've done that and actually there has been something that the bank can do, whether it is just to reduce the interest rate or, yeah, to move the debt to a different card where there is a better deal or you've got more months to pay it off. There are all sorts of options, but you're not going to know unless you speak to the bank. So definitely do that first and get a really clear picture of what your payments look like. The other thing with debt, I mean, there are many, but minimum payments will keep you in debt. So if you are only making the minimum monthly payment on any debt that you have, you're going to stay in debt and you're going to keep accruing interest. 
as hard as it might be, the best thing you can do in that situation is to start trying to overpay each month. Even if it is just a small amount, you will then be chipping away at that interest quicker rather than just paying. Most of them have the monthly pay, the minimum payment, which is either like a percentage of the balance or X amount. The more you can pay above that, the better in terms of how quickly you're going to be able to pay down that card. The absolute ideal situation is that you every month can clear your credit card balance, but such a small fraction of credit card users can do that. Actually, what I would encourage people to do is to look at if you have got a choice between paying down your credit card quicker. So you've got £10, let's say, spare every month. You either allocate that to paying down your credit card, which is, say, 20% interest on your balance, or putting that in savings where you're earning 4% interest. It makes more sense to put that money towards the debt and to pay that off quicker. Even though it might feel hard because you want to put it in savings, from a financial perspective, the better thing to do, because that interest is higher, is to direct that money towards paying it down. Even if actually you just split that £10 in half and put the £5 there, £5 into your savings, it will speed up that process of getting through that debt. Yeah, 100%. It's just so helpful and it's so helpful just to talk about it and to talk about debt. And and I think, gosh, I would just love to sit around the table with my friends and talk about finances and actually, you know, the people that I think who are doing really well, I'd love to understand a little bit more about them and they'd probably be like, oh my God, got 70 grand on credit card like oh I've just had to take out you know a a loan from an extension kind of thing um yeah and it's just so helpful to talk about it and I'm so grateful for you coming on and talking about it I think the last thing we want to talk about just before we go is about just the added expenses of being a woman right yes let's talk about it because my god I understand you know I could you know I could probably buy a cheaper moisturizer but you know bloody <laughs> hell the marketing people Jesus leave me alone um yeah. and also a little bit about your thoughts on girl math um that obviously you know started trending at the end of last year um tell us more yeah so I mean without a doubt there is a cost to being a woman there is the pink tax which oh. effectively like has been proven that companies sell us things that are pink and charge us more for them but you know buy a man's razor is my advice mm. to <laughs> to lots of women out there like you will save a lot of money it's extremely frustrating but it is just a textbook case of marketing in action again similarly to like the spending and the consumerism and consumption the only way that we really can try to navigate it is to try and become more aware of it because companies are going to keep doing it. Like it works and we are the only people that can try to take control for ourselves because they're not going to do it for us. It sometimes feels like we're in this really kind of dystopian cycle of world where it's like, Everyone's shouting like, like, but really like quietly like spend, spend, spend. But then all the companies are like, but we support you being financially independent and we want to help you to save money, but actually spend, spend, spend. It's really difficult to break out of, but it's partly why I actually really have a problem with girl math. As you said, it went wild and on the face of it, it's very funny. Like, you know, I get it. And I don't want to be like a really boring like person saying like, oh, like it's a problem. But it is a problem because fundamentally what it began to do really was just infantilize women and spending. And mm-hmm. it basically 
was saying, oh, it's okay for you to make light of and to make a excuse about your spending because, you know, girl math, like, oh, you can laugh off the fact that, you know, you spent, you know, a month's worth of savings or a month's salary on going to see Taylor Swift in, you know, Berlin because girl math, ha ha ha. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> the point really is women are very capable of making financial decisions. Yeah. Like, and women are very capable of, you know, deciding that I have got enough money to spend on my Taylor Swift tickets and I'm going to own that and I'm not going to have to reduce it to being girl math. Like, actually, that's an adult decision. If I want to do that, I'm going to do that. And you don't need me, you know, I don't need to play that down and laugh about it. Like, because a man is not going to do that. Like a man, if he wants to go... Boy boy math's not a thing, is it? (laughs) This is it. Boy math is not a thing. Like, if my husband wants to go and buy some silly expensive shoes, like, he's going to go and do it and he's not going to be like, oh, ha. Oh, boy math whereas girl math's basically <laughs> saying like if I go and buy like a fancy pair of shoes that like I should laugh about it and like make it all out to be cute when actually you know why can't I just be like I want that pair of shoes I agree with you yeah do you know what? I agree with you actually I, I, I it kind of gave me the ick a little bit and I couldn't put my finger on why but I found myself actually last week I was in a shop and I was looking at a bag one of the shop assistants was explaining to a woman in the shop about girl math and about cost per wear and they were having this kind of little chat and I was thinking no like if you want the bag and yeah cost per wear is an actual thing but at the same time I think it encourages impulse purchases on things that we don't need it's like oh well girl math like yeah and that's not I don't know that's not great is it like you say like I think if you're gonna make a purchase it should be like yep that's I know it doesn't sound very fun but like I'm (laughs) such a saver and yeah for me like the girl math thing I'm like (laughs) can't, can't relate no but it's so interesting what you were saying earlier because I grew up in a household where money was very very tight we went out for a meal once or twice a year. We, we always laugh about it now. We used to say to my dad, uh, his phrase was always, one drink kids make it last. So I now am in a position where I'm scared to spend. I think I actually realised that listening to you. So that's not because I thought this episode was going to be more for Lauren, if I'm being honest. And I was really glad <laughs> for it because I worry about Lauren. <laughs> but it's interesting as well, isn't it? Like what you're saying about like how our childhoods shape things. And it's made me now think as well about my attitude towards money and, and saving as well. So I think it's just about finding a balance, isn't it? Once again, me and Lauren are at opposite ends of the Can't relate. What's so funny though, is that like, we didn't have any money growing up either. My dad had to get a second job, all that kind of stuff. And I think I remember them saying like, oh, we can't afford it and money doesn't grow on trade. I think I remember that, maybe. But ha- my reaction to money is like, I've got none. But like the, the, the disposal way. that I've got is like, give it, I would take 20 pound per a day. Take it. I don't need anything. <laughs> Just take it, please. It's so odd. Whereas <laughs> I feel guilty for every purchase. Yeah. I do. And like, if I yeah. go to Pret, I'm like... I've got a can of Coke or I've got, I've got a lukewarm can of Coke in my bag. So I'll drink that. Oh, it's giving we got chalk ices in the freezer or just buy the bloody ice cream. <laughs> Honestly, though, like this is so, I, this is why I find it so fascinating. But from my perspective, like in the work that I do, they both need as much work as each other. They are both equally unhelpful mindsets for you. Mm. Like, because... You know, the idea, if you think about another area of well-being, like you want to get to a place where you feel comfortable, where you're feeling good, not necessarily 
financially comfortable, but you're feeling comfortable about your circumstances and about your plan and about the fact that you're in control. And actually, the feeling of being out of control with spending and the feeling of being out of control with that guilt, they are both not positive feelings. Where we want to get to with money and our relationship with money if we're, you know, doing the work over the many, many years that we have to do it, is that we are feeling a little bit less tense about it, whether that is because it's making us guilty, whether it's because we spend it all the time. Like, there are so many different iterations and, like, ways that this manifests itself. As you said, like, the same circumstances can manifest in two completely different ways. You often see it with siblings, but... <laughs> It's laughing because literally my sister came out of uni with savings and I yeah. absolutely fucking didn't. <laughs> yeah, but it's crazy. But it all comes back down to like really drilling into like what is going on underneath the surface, like how we behave with money nearly always. Well, it always does come back to actually like a bigger picture. Like what are those beliefs? Like what life are we trying to lead? Like how do we get there? What feelings are we kind of trying to, I guess, either feel or cover up with the way that we are using this tool, which is money in our lives. And it's something that I talk about a lot more in the book, which my book is on its way to you. Um, you I'm will so get excited. it, hopefully, in the post. <laughs> oh, amazing. Yeah, tell us about your book, Money Talks. Yes, Money Talks. Um, it's literally the subtitle is A Lifestyle Guide to Financial Wellbeing. So it Fantastic. goes into so many of these topics and looks at money in our everyday lives as 20, 30 something women, like all of those occasions where it interacts. So work, relationships, friendships, going on hem parties, like all of that stuff where money really is at the forefront of those events. And how on earth do we navigate those conversations and also feelings about it and try to feel a little bit better about it? Amazing. Cannot wait to read it. And Thank you so, so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And I really hope that's been helpful um, to our listeners as well. Ellie, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so great. Oh my God, Laura, I can't like, uh, mm -hmm. when we finish these episodes and I can't find my words, that's when you know <laughs> it was good. But what I want to ask you is, I saw the cogs turning in your head when when Ellie was talking about some stuff and I think you got more out of that episode than you were oh, thinking. 100%. I was excited for this episode for you to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was interesting actually and it, it made me think back to also you know how she was relating it with dieting and stuff and I was like I think for me saving is a form of control. Um and yeah, I don't know like I think it's yeah. maybe some issues there with like having savings is like yeah <laughs> i was gonna say should we delve into this in our subscriber app because the the parallels between money and dieting and money and control and mental health were like wild and i think i want to talk 100%. about it a little bit more we've run out of time in this episode so we're gonna have to do it in our subscriber app let's do it we'll see you over there if you're not already a subscriber do sign up because you get bonus content. We also share secrets. So many secrets. <laughs> like, what is Lauren's go-to <laughs> prep lunch? <laughs> and who do I spend more on, Matt or Buddy? Spoiler alert, it's definitely Buddy. <laughs> oh, spoiler alert. <laughs>
And speaking of subscriber episodes, this Thursday, we're going to be releasing a behind the scenes vlog of our latest live podcast recording from Bush Hall, including a dressing room tour, some unseen bits from rehearsals. And by bits, I don't mean naughty bits. I just mean, you know, footage, (laughs) as well as the moment we realised that Lauren may have eaten my halloumi. Sad times. To see all of that and hear all of our bonus episodes, head to the episode description to subscribe. And also in the episode description, you will find a link to Laura's book. If you haven't got it, you must get it. It is so fantastic. And our Go Love Yourself community, it will just give you, uh, it will just give you so much. And I know, I know you're all going to enjoy it. Um, And there will also be a link to our Facebook group where you can connect with other people who are also talking about it. I hope you're seeing all the people talking about your book on the Facebook group, Laura, because it's, it's just so wonderful. I know, it's It's amazing. Thank you guys so much for your support. I really do appreciate it. And if you want to get in touch with the show, you can find us on Instagram at Go Love Yourself Pod, or you can send us an email. We are golove at crowdnetwork.co.uk. Thank you so much for listening to this week it's been brilliant get yourself subscribed to go love yourself plus because we're about to go and record our reactions to this episode and talk probably some secrets and fun times and money things as we do in our little some extra episodes which we love thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week Bye. bye Crowd Network, a place where you belong.